0: Good morning. Let's do it again. Good morning. Yeah, we're glad you're here today. Uh, This is my friend Derek Frost and we met, hate to say when we met, I was a youth pastor and he came through there uh, as a kid in high school some and then fast forward it and he went off and man married over his head like I did and got a wife and went to seminary, served and. He's uh, served Highland Avenue Baptist the last five years, and he's in transition right now, but he's a friend of mine. He was free today, and I said, Derek, I want you to come preach. So Derek and Allison and their kids are here today worshiping. So hey, let's put our hands together and thank Derek for us and bless him for coming today. Come on, Derek. All right. And Derek is going to continue our series in Philippians. So uh, hey, I'm just handing it over to you, man. I want you to take Uh, off. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, my, uh, I will go back a little bit and uh, refer to how I first saw Keith and uh, met Keith. But um, yeah, as a high school student moving here from Colorado, my dad was in the military and we moved around quite a bit, but it was our second station here and we came from Colorado and, and uh, I ended up going to uh, Trinity School and I was Catholic and um, so I had my first exposure to a Protestant worship service. Uh, in the chapel at at Trinity. And um, I had some friends, a lot of friends, that went to Fraser and some other places. And and, uh, so I was a a young Catholic teenager sitting at Fraser in a chair like this, just listening to Keith, just enthralled with Keith at that time. And uh, since that time, uh, what a pastor you all have. God has blessed you all uh, with Keith. He is such an encourager, uh, he's brought so much encouragement to me in my life and in my ministry, mentor, encourager, and um, his spirit for prayer uh, is just awesome. So uh, I thank the Lord that, uh, for him, and I know you do too, and I thank him for this opportunity to preach um, God's word, to bring his message um, here to you uh, this morning and so, we're going to continue in the series as, as Keith mentioned. And so, uh, we're in Philippians 1 now. And so, turn there with me to Philippians 1. And let's look at verses 19 to 26 today. Philippians 1, 19 to 26 and the title of this message today is actually not what you see there on your <laughs> outline. Um, I think the outline might say, joy because of the failure. Uh, but God does that too, doesn't he? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord that he does that no matter how we fail, no matter what takes place in our life. Um, he is the God of the impossible. He Uh, brings his grace in every situation so maybe that's next week but this is uh, joy because of the future well um well let's pray together and and look into this dear father we just thank you for this time together thank you for your presence with us lord we welcome you we we thank you we thank you for your word lord We thank you that, Lord, we're in a place, we're we're in a country where we have easy access to your word, Lord. Lord, with technology, Lord, we can have it anywhere, any time of the day, we just thank you for your word. May we utilize it, may we use it, Lord, may we take advantage of the opportunity you give us with such easy access to your word, Lord, because we know there's some places, as, as I've heard. Not too long ago, uh, uh, about a country that uh, was praying and a church was praying, uh, Lord, for another Bible, Lord, and they had a paperback Gideon Bible and they were uh, praying for some more Bibles and it, it wasn't even so that each believer could have one, it was so that some other villages that had churches could each have one. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Speak to us through it. Lord, get me out of the way. Let us hear what you have for us this morning, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. If you were to go outside, have you ever just tried to grasp the concept of eternity? Have you ever tried to wrap your mind around that? Just do it with me for just a second. Just, just think about this for a second. How long is eternity? Just, just try to grasp that. Imagine that you, you went outside, and uh, right here in, at Christ Community, you went outside, and, and in some fictitious way, um, you were allowed to pick one blade of grass every hundred years and, and somehow, you know, God would sustain you through all this. You could live, you know, the whole time, but, but that's what you were allowed. And so you stepped outside and you got to pick your first blade, and then you, you had to let 100 years pass. And so you did that. And then you got to pick one more. So you picked that blade of grass. You had to wait 100 years. And you got to pick one more. I mean, just think about that. Just think about how long that would take to pick all the grass. Now, I think I saw a lot of gravel out there, but, uh, but still, uh, whatever grass is around here, think about how long that would take just to pick all that grass. But then you had to move uh, over to your neighborhood and where you live, and then you had to do it there, and then you had to go to do it through your whole neighborhood, and then through the city, and then through this region, and then through Alabama, and through the US, and, and then you had to start traveling the world, and you ha- Wow. That's not even the be- and that's not even the beginning of eternity. Because it's eternity, <laughs> it's forever. And God has told us that we will all live, we will all exist for eternity. So this life is short. (laughs) We're here for a second. A blink of God's eyes is like a thousand years, the scripture tells us. We're here for a second. And God has told us that every one of us will exist forever for eternity, and we will either be in paradise with him forever in eternity, or we'll be in hell. Apart from him forever. And so if you imagine the first, what God wants for you, what he desires for you and for everybody, for it is not his will that any should perish, as he tells us in his word. And he went through a lot of a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. He, he went through a lot to make sure that could happen for everybody gave everything so that you would be with him for all eternity and so if you imagine that truth that if you have heard his good news and you have responded and you have uh, acknowledged your own sinfulness and you've repented and you've put your faith in him you've given your life to Jesus you've trusted him to save you from your sins and their penalty then he's come To live in you. And his spirit lives in you. And he's with you. And and you have that gift. And it's forever. And if you imagine how long you will be with him. And in paradise. And perfection. No tears. No heartache. No sorrow. There is joy because of the future. That's the title. There's joy because of the future. I've heard it. Said before from a a godly Christian lady, just describing, you know, life and then the end of life. And what she was saying was, for the Christian, the end is glorious and it's forever. Let's read this together and let's see what Paul had in mind. Paul knew all this, he understood this. And here he is in chains, um, chained in prison in Rome. Uh, probably to a Roman guard, maybe even two, maybe even chained between two Roman guards. And, and here he is in this situation, but he knows Jesus. He's in love with Jesus. And, and let's just listen to his dilemma here and what he's struggling with here. Let's look at 19 to 26. And um, let me read this. For I know that through your prayers, this is Paul speaking, for I know that through your prayers, uh, the, the Philippians, Philippian friends here. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. We're looking at this. First of all, in verse 19, we notice this truth. Rejoice. You can fill in your outline here. We notice this truth. Rejoice. Prayers and the Spirit lead to deliverance. That's what Paul's saying here in 19. For I know that through your prayers, you guys are all praying for me. The Philippians, you guys are praying for me. I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Paul had the prayers of people. I'm sure he had his own prayers. And he had the Spirit of Jesus. And he said, that equals deliverance. (laughs) That equation equals deliverance. Well, what do you need deliverance from here this morning? Just ask yourself that question ask it before the Lord Lord Lord, show me show me what you want me free from what do you need deliverance from as we mentioned right at the beginning death and hell uh, the penalty for our sin is that something you, you struggle with you have a lot of doubts and you you just hope 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 that you know one day when your time comes you'll be with him but you don't have a certainty you need that certainty You need deliverance from death and hell. Do you need deliverance from fear of death? Maybe you need deliverance from a financial situation. Maybe you know the other's done. You you know you've got that faith in Jesus and you'll be with him forever. That's settled. Maybe you need deliverance from a financial situation. Maybe it's a relational situation you need deliverance from. Maybe it's an addiction no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you pray and, and you, you just keep trying and trying and this thing keeps tripping you up over and over and you confess it and then you're right back, right back where you were before and nothing changes, an addiction. What do you need deliverance from? Oh, God, God gives us an answer here. Uh, prayers and the spirit lead to deliverance. Wow. Pray specifically. Whatever it is that God just put his finger on, he said, you need deliverance from this. You know it. How's your prayer life in that area? How, How does prayer surround that thing? Cover that thing in prayers. First of all, of course, in your own prayers, pray specifically about it i'm i'm going through that war room study maybe you've kind of heard of that but uh but it's really good over at first baptist my wife and i are going through some of it and one of the things that those guys were were teaching that just hit me this past week was pray specifically um maybe your prayers are too general sometimes like mine sometimes lord bless all this area bless all this or bless this person, um, bless this church. How do you ever know if God answered that prayer? <laughs> it's so general. <laughs> and, and these guys teaching this study were saying, pray specifically at any given moment, for whatever the need of the moment. Um, maybe it's a deliverance in a big area. Yeah, go specifically and But go moment by moment and day by day and wake up that day and say, God, I pray today that in this area you would do this. God, I ask that you would do this. I ask that you would bring this. God, I need this for you, for your kingdom. Lord, I need this. Would you give me this and name it and... <laughs> And, and they were talking about how they got to praying specifically when they made the movie. They were talking about when they made the movie Facing the Giants. They were praying specifically. And I think it was that movie. It might have been a different one. But they, need, they wanted this certain camera and felt like they needed this certain camera. I can't even remember what kind. You guys would know what it was back there. But it was this incredible camera to shoot this movie. And, and he asked that specifically, Lord, we need this camera. And he named it for the movie. You know, would you bring this camera and, uh, and sure enough, I can't remember what period of time. I don't think it was much longer after that. Uh, this guy s- said that he'd like to come and help. And, uh, and they invited him to come and help with the movie. And he was like, you know, by the way, I have this camera. You know, can y'all use it? It was it. <laughs> uh, but pray specifically. What do you need deliverance from? Pray specifically. And prayers in the spirit lead to deliverance the spirit of Jesus when you become a believer he comes to live in you Christ in you the hope of glory he's in you he's with you and it's by his spirit you can't do it no wonder you keep trying and trying and trying and nothing happens you can't <laughs> Jesus said apart from me you can do nothing but totally dependent on him his spirit he can do it he can get rid of that thing as you trust him as you follow him by His spirit, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I may have missed a word or two in there paraphrasing that. but God says that in His word, and uh, prayer in the spirit brings deliverance. I was uh, pulling into the, I was turning to go into the mall yesterday and, and I ran into a lady at the traffic light that um, no, I didn't run into the lady at the traffic light. I stopped because the light was red but then uh, I ran into a lady beside my car there was about three or four of them they had these little tickets and she came right up to my window and she said "Uh, would you give us some money for this cause it's we're raising money for people with addictions in Birmingham and she she started to say you know I was an addict and I've been set free I was like awesome awesome and I said what's the key I said what what will set people free she said, "Well, Jesus Christ," and I said, "Okay." So I got some money. <laughs> I was like, "You got it, you got it." But uh, she had been set free, and then she started telling me about her friend. This is all at a red light. She started telling me about her friend that needed to be set free. And she said, "Would you pray for her?" And uh, she said, "She's worshiping the devil and you know doing these other things, and she's in addiction." So we prayed right there at the light before it turned. But uh, but she had been set free. Prayers and it was the spirit of Jesus and prayer. It set her free I know and and so your own prayers the spirit of Jesus enlist the prayers of others who do you have praying for you make sure you make sure you get at least one believer that, that you're real close to that you guys can both be spending time in the word each day take some notes on what you believe the Lord's telling you and you guys come together as often as possible and, and just worship together a little bit. And share what the Lord is telling you all together. And, and let that person be praying for you. Pr- tell them about these areas. Pray for this. I need deliverance. Rejoice. Prayers and the Spirit lead to deliverance. Let's also notice that, um, like Paul here, we need to have faith. Here's your next Uh, point here. We need to have faith that you will, you need to, you and I both, need to have faith that you will have sufficient courage and Christ will be exalted in you no matter what. Have faith that you will have sufficient courage and Christ will be exalted in you no matter what. That's what happens next here. Look at verse 20. Paul says this, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or death. Look at what he says here. I eagerly expect and hope that I will... And he goes, Is that not faith? To eagerly hope, to eagerly expect, that's what faith is. That's what trust in God is. To wait upon the Lord, trust in the Lord, look expectantly to the Lord, depend on the Lord, believe the Lord, trust the Lord. All that is the same thing, it's faith and that's what God wants in our lives. Believe, have faith that you will have sufficient courage and that Christ will be exalted in you no matter what um, he mentions that here, that he doesn't know how things are going to turn out. He doesn't know if, if he's going to be executed. He's in prison. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He knows that his Philippian friends are praying for him. He knows he has the spirit of Jesus. He believes there's going to be deliverance. But he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but I'll have sufficient courage... So that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether life or by death. So he's saying that he, he believes, he trusts that Christ is going to be exalted no matter what. If he loses his life, if he doesn't, Christ is going to be exalted in him. And Christ will give him sufficient courage to face whatever it is. He knows that. He believes that. Christ will give him sufficient courage. What is that? That's grace. An easy way to say Uh, Lord I pray that I'll have sufficient courage to to face this thing this thing I need to be delivered from I pray or whatever it is that I'm facing I pray that I'll have sufficient courage and that you'll be exalted in me no matter what no matter how it turns out Um, an easy way to say it is grace Lord I pray for your grace would you give me your grace that's his help his power his strength to do his will to do what he desires to give you what you do not have to give you that courage, to give you that faith. It's by Him, not by you. And so, whatever your situation, maybe it's the thing you need to be delivered from, um, have faith that He gives you His grace. He wants you to have His grace. He gives it abundantly. He's a God of abundance. Our God is a God of abundance. How many fish would He enable them to catch when Jesus said cast your net on the other side of the boat yeah he could have just had him catch you know like 20 fish that'd be impressive but no he's going to make the net so full that the boat starts sinking and they have to get some help and he's a God of abundance that's our God you know if you imagine yourself like a small child and and he's like a loving daddy and he said to call him that Abba Father you do have that type of relationship with him and you know Just imagine this small child just saying, you know, um, at this, uh, you know, maybe, seems like one time at home we had like this huge thing of gum that was like the kind that you um, wrap up with the yellow, blue, and red, I can't remember what kind it's called, but we had this big thing filled up, you know, God's the the kind of Abba, Father, Daddy, you know, Dad, can I have a piece of gum? And, um, you know, God's likely to just give you the whole thing. He's a God of abundance. Have faith. Whatever your need, He gives you grace. Lots of grace, whatever your situation. I remember not too long ago, I was uh, this small family from somewhere from Colorado and somewhere from Texas, and they came and they wanted to have a funeral service for their mother that had passed away. And and I met them met uh, at the Renaissance that night. And then, you know, I was preparing everything for this funeral and I just had a certain amount of time that next morning. It it had to be like that quick. Like the next morning I had this certain amount of time to prepare this funeral. and And then like all these things started happening that morning. And then the lady from... Colorado even called me and said, you know, hey, would you be able to um, go to your church and get a table and bring that out there too so we could have this? So that was like a whole nother I had just enough time to maybe prepare this funeral. <laughs> and now she's asking me, can you go to the church and get a table and then get over there? So I was, I do a lot of walking and praying. Uh, I do, when I spend time with the Lord, I'll be walking, you know, in our neighborhood, Um You know, whatever, and so I was just spending time with the Lord and and uh, and praying, and I got that call right then, and I knew this is impossible. There's no way it's going to happen, and uh, and so of course I went to the Lord in prayer. God, this is impossible. You've got to do it. There's no way I could prepare this funeral in this amount of time. You've got to do it. I I got back to the house, and then um, she had texted me, and she said, "Oh, never mind. We don't need a table." And I was like, "God gave me his." grace in the little things in the big things he gives you his grace next have faith that to live is Christ and to die is gain it's a win-win have faith that to live is Christ and to die is gain it's a win-win that's what we see in verse 21 Paul says for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So he can't lose. <laughs> he doesn't know whether he's gonna live or die, but he says, For me, to live is Christ. I lost my life a long time. I'm dead and gone. There's no more Paul. It's just all Christ. He is my life. It's all about Jesus. Christ is my life. And everybody knows that. So for me to live is Christ. It's all Him, Him working in me and through me. It's not me, it's Him. To live is Christ if I exist here on the earth. To die is gain. I'll actually be with Christ face to face. In 1 Corinthians 13, instead of uh, seeing things dimly as through a foggy glass, man, I'll be face to face with Jesus and we'll be together forever. And so for Paul, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Have faith. I mean, that's the truth. That's the truth for you if you're a believer here this morning. To live is Christ and to die is it's a win win. No matter what happens to you in this world, even death, even if ISIS moves in four doors down from you and nobody knows it's them and something, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to put fear in anybody, but if you were face to face with ISIS or, or whatever and they were demanding that you convert to Islam and we're, you know what's going to happen if you don't, you know, um, it's a win win. To live is Christ to die is gain but the question you need to ask yourself and I need to ask myself this morning is is to live Christ for you what about you Paul said for me to live is Christ what about you is that what you say is is that your is that a statement that that you could say for me to live is Christ you know people around you know that if, if they see you Oh yeah, yeah, his life is Christ, or her life is Christ. Well, sometimes we describe people like that, like we might say, so-and-so is his life, right? Sometimes we say that, golf is his life. What does that mean? Yeah, He puts everything into golf. That's all he cares about, all he thinks about, all he does. Golf is his life. And so we can describe our lives with different things, um, So you fill in the blank Uh, when you say that um, for me to live is, you fill in the blank. What is it for you? Let God check you. What is it? Is it golf? Is it for me to live is people's approval, money, some dream, Auburn, Alabama, (laughs) Georgia. No, that's nobody. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Her kids, for her to live is her kids, a spouse, you name it. And not the store. Well, maybe it is the store for you. Or is it for me to live is Christ? Is that what it is for you? Have you known people like that? I know you have. When it's Christ then to die is gain. And that puts everything in perspective when for you to live is Christ. And so finally, have faith that to uh, to live is Christ. And then finally, have faith that to live is better for others and to die and be with Jesus is better by far. To live is better for others and to die and be with Jesus is better by far. And that's what we see in the remainder of the passage. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. It's good for others. Yet what will I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to part and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. To live, if you're a believer and Jesus is in you and Christ is your life, uh, to live is better for others. As long as you're in the body, it's better for others. Um, your smile, when I, I, w- I was um, at, the, at the mall the other day, and your smile at that cynical looking person. Uh, That's Jesus, not you. It's better for others. God just used you. That's what I saw this man. I was passing by him and he he just looked so upset and I just smiled. and That was Jesus. Um, Your kind words to the rude waiter or waitress who just mistreated you. Your response of love and gentleness and blessing them. That it's just food. You care about them. That was Jesus, not you. It's better for others that you're here. Jesus is in you. It's better for others. God's word that you just shared with someone. Something that stood out to you that morning in the scripture that God spoke to you and you shared it with somebody in line at Walmart or whatever. um, That was Jesus, not you. It's better for others that you live. That, That track, that... That, that gospel a booklet that you just handed to somebody and, and you told them, would you like to have this? It's about Jesus. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. That was Jesus. It's not you. It's better for others. And there's joy, great joy afterward. To live is better for others and then to die and be with Jesus is better by far. And here's why, uh, here's why the title is what it is. Joy because of the future. To die and be with Jesus is better by far. God tells us, let's close with this and pray. God tells us, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your love. And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who just, feels like they cannot say, Christ is my life. For me to live is Christ. And Lord, if there's anyone who feels like to die would not be game because they're unsure what would happen, Lord, help that person to, to go back in this corner where, where Keith and myself will be waiting back by the column in the back of the sanctuary and help them just to discuss these things and hear your good news and what you want to do for them. Anybody unsure, Lord, help them, prompt them, move them to, to come back there and talk about it. And anybody who needs to pray about these things or some type of deliverance, Lord, may they, uh, Lord, pray at their seat or, or come to the altar and pray. But Lord, we just pray you do your awesome work and we pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen.